when we were just cruising around, you said 2005. How could you possibly know about CrossFit in 2005? We had a, uh, our second son had a high school coach. Sorry, it's my mom. Hello. <laughs> what is it? There's four Rosemary. people. Four people that he picks up for. <laughs> and uh, the his high school gym coach uh, was using CrossFit um, online to train the kids. And he introduced my husband to it. And he got into it right away in reading the journal and reading Who's your husband? Yes. Reading... Um, about it and actually like actively looking for a place that he could participate. Cool. Was there even an affiliate in 2005 in the state of Arizona? That's where you're from, Arizona? Uh, we were in Washington state at that time. Okay. And so oh. I think by oh. so the first there one. There was one, yeah. The first, yeah. yeah. Wow. And did you go to that gym? Was it in Seattle? We didn't. Okay. But he, he worked out at home a lot. And I said that I would as soon as I got in shape. That was my plan back in 2005. Right. Yeah, yes. and, 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 and I think that's a common thing. A lot of people say, hey, I'll do CrossFit as soon as I get in shape. What are your feelings about that statement today? Oh, I wish I'd started it in 2005 when I first heard about it. You didn't need to be in shape? Did not need to be in shape. When you weigh, so I, have a, I, I don't have a scale at home, but I used to have a scale as a kid and I loved it. And it only went to 300 pounds. And so like the goal was always to try to like to get it, you know, like I weighed 68 pounds and the goal was always to like push that needle all the get way it. to the 300. <laughs> I and, don't know what that's like. And, and, I, and, and I never was able to do that. You know what I mean? Like I'd be carrying something or I would jump on it or like my friends would come over and the three of us would be like on it. Like, right. I, I read your blog and there's, I don't ever, whenever you talk about your weight, the max weight you say is 300, mm-hmm. but it sounds, sometimes you'll say 300 plus. Right. How do you know, did your scale go? I had to buy a special scale. You do? Yes. Uh, we had a scale that went to 275. And in 2000 and I would say <coughs> eight, nine, somewhere in there, we I had maxed out that scale. And so I just, you know, I'd weigh myself. And if it went to 275, I knew I was over that. And then in 2011, we I bought a medical grade scale. Mm-hmm. How much is that? And it was like 75 bucks or where, something. Where do you I mean, even buy something like that? You can buy them on Amazon now. Now you can get them for a lot less. You can get scales that go up to 400 pounds. I have a lot of people asking me about that, mm-hmm. which is why I know they're not that expensive anymore. Um, because so we there's a scale. lot of people now over 300 pounds. In 2000, you were one of the pioneers probably. <laughs> I mean, really. One of the first market demand was there, yeah. Sorry, you were going to say something else about the scale? So we got that scale, mm-hmm. and I got on it, and I thought... I. In my head, I was maybe 277 because the scale went to 275 right. Right. and it went to 309. So I knew I was over 300 pounds. And this is after having dieted for several weeks. So I, you know, in my head, I kept thinking I was really close to that 275. And to find out I was 35 pounds away from that was pretty devastating. How, how much do you weigh today? I'm oh, 150. So you're half the man you used to be. Yes. Isn't there a song? Half the woman. Half the woman you used to be. <laughs> Man, that is, um, that, you, you know, that's not even like uh, conceivable for people who don't have never been on that journey. It's like, um, I wrote something down. I saw in your, saw in your blog, you had the guts to give life another chance, guts to give another chance at life. Yeah. The Kai that's 309 pounds and this Kai that's sitting in front of me, do they, 
are they like intimate with each other or is it really like a whole new person? It's, it's a whole new person and it's a whole new life, especially the farther I get away from that person because my mind... Farther meaning time? Yeah, time, time wise and like what I can physic what I'm physically capable of doing because that's really what matters to me now more than what the number on the scale is. You know, I'm, I'm looking towards the day when I can do a bunch of pull-ups or a bunch of handstand push-ups or some of those elite movements to me that are still in the future. Um, and that, that is what I look at as success more than seeing the scale pop down one pound at a time. Now that doesn't really matter, but where I was at for so many years for, um, really for my early twenties, I've battled my weight. I had three kids before I was 22 and, uh, just did not take care of myself. <laughs> and I spent from probably the time I was 26 or 27 on, I was over, um, 200 pounds. And then once I hit 35, probably over 250, you know, so I spent a long 15 to 20 years in obese you had three kids before you were 22 yes let me sorry sorry hold on a second you had three kids you started having kids at 22 i started having kids my first son i was 17 i got married at 17 wow to my wow. first husband and had a son at 17 a son at 18 and a son at 21 oh you have three boys yes congratulations thank you wow i have three i just Same got boat. three boys i'm 45 but i just got them wow Amazing. Um, this is not the, the direction I wanted to go, but I'm, I'm going to go this way anyway. Are your sons just crazy proud of you? I think they are. Yeah. yeah. I mean, are they tripping? Um, well, they've all, actually, they all work for us. Mm -hmm. And so they've seen this from the beginning. They've also seen me try so many things over the years and not succeed. Mm. Or they've seen me have a small measure of success and then bounce back to my old habits. And so, I mean, this is, I'm going on close to four years since I, the first day I walked into CrossFit. And I think they know now that it's permanent. That's cool. Um, one of them does CrossFit. Um, one of them does it occasionally. And one of them says he'll do it in the future. So, <laughs> are, are any of your sons obese? Uh, yes. And do you feel responsibility for that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and how old is he? Uh, he's 28, my oldest. And is that a real sense of responsibility or is that just oh, no, like absolutely. bullshit? You know, like as a parent, you just feel responsible for everything. They trip and fall and you feel responsible. No, I feel like the, the things that he saw while he was growing up, my, my, my relationship with food, um, which I don't have anymore because <laughs> food is just my fuel now. Um, I think he learned a lot of, of bad habits from me. Does he blame you? No, not at all. He's, he's, he's fully responsible. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Growing up's a trippy thing, isn't it? Like you can blame your parents, blame your parents, blame your parents, and there becomes a point where you're just like, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this, this is all on me. This is all on me. You can make your life, yeah. Well, Hugh and I have a, a daughter together who's 21, and uh, when she was 11, she was filling out one of those Facebook surveys, you know, 20 questions about me, and I was reading her answers, and she may have been 12, but they said, what's your greatest fear? And she said, getting fat. And it just like hit my heart because I knew not only, I mean, she was, she's always been in good shape, even as a little kid, but I knew what she saw me going through and that it was terrifying to her. The thing that she was scared of most mm. at that age was getting fat. So that was, that was, that was when hard. she was 11 or 12, yeah. you said. Okay. What year was that? That would have been, well, 10 years ago. So 2007, 2008. So, so you have four kids. Um, and then I have two stepsons. So he, I had three boys. Hugh had two boys. And then after we got married. So you had three boys and then you had a girl. 
Yes. Well, if my wife is listening, check this out. <laughs> check this out. Because she thinks she might be dumb, but I'm like, hey, we might have a girl in the mix. You know? <laughs> Triplets. Yeah, yeah. Triplet girls. That would be awesome. <laughs> I'd love girls. that. I would love that. Yeah. Man, what, what? Wow, what an amazing story. Um, let's go back to your daughter. Your, so, so is your daughter overweight? No. No, she's really lean and healthy. And... Um, this this relationship that you said you had with food that's where i want to dig in if i'm addicted to heroin or i'm addicted to alcohol and i go through the 12-step program or i go through a program and i separate myself away from that i don't dance with that shit anymore right. i'm 20 years sober i'm not but i'm just hypothetically right. saying and i'm 20 years off of heroin and i'm so committed to being away from drugs that i don't even take tylenol right right because i have an addictive personality you were addicted to food. Yep. You have a very unhealthy relationship with food, and yet you can't do that. You have to dance. You have to dance with the devil. Yes. How? Tell me. Tell me about that. Like how? How? Well, I still love food. Uh-huh. I, I love. There's not hardly any food I don't enjoy a uh-huh. lot. Anchovies. <laughs> so, love anchovies. Wow. I like. I can't think of a food I don't like. Wow. And I'll try anything. What, ethni- what ethnicity are you? Just an Irish mutt. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Irish European mutt. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, so tell me, how do you do it? How do you do the food thing every day? Is it a constant battle? Like when you go to Starbucks and get a coffee, are you just like staring at the ca- the cakes and the No, and the not really. And, and the... actually like sweets weren't my thing. It was cheese and alcohol and butter. and. <laughs> but um, it really, it's a change of mindset that happened over time. Because when I first started, even when I first started CrossFit, you know, I was in my mind, I was watching what I ate, which to me at that time meant eat, eat whole food, you know, and I've never been, um, sugar wasn't that attractive to me, but I would just eat too much of, of even good things. Um, did you drink your calories? Um, yeah, probably a lot of them. Did you drink a lot of soda? No, no, I drank, I did like alcohol though. Okay. (laughs) Interesting. So from morning to night? No, no, just, but you know, even a couple drinks at night, if they were, if they've got sweet stuff in them can be 500 700 800 calories easy right what's your drink now oh i'm not picky (laughs) 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 tequila whiskey i like it all okay hey i care about yesterday (laughs) is is it a constant battle with the food no not not really anymore i mean there's times um like a couple weeks ago when we were on vacation in san diego for our anniversary um it's i really try to avoid restaurants for the most part just because it's hard to know what's making up your meal and um, especially right now when I'm trying to get the nutrition dialed in and get the body fat low, lower, um, I like to know exactly what I'm eating. So I'll, I'll, I weigh and measure my food at home. Um, and I'm fine going out for a meal, but when we're gone for a whole week and I have a week of needing to make good choices in restaurants, um, that's a little more challenging. And I've gotten to the point where I'm, I'll, I don't, like I said, I don't really care what the scale says, but I'll just assume you're, you're going to put on a pound or two this week. But that's okay. You know how to take it off because you've done this 160 times. It's not a slippery slope? Right. No, it's not. When you um, when you think about food now versus how you thought of it when you first started you know, your nutrition program, and you didn't start the nutrition program until you were a couple of years into right. CrossFit? Right. So basically, let me go back because I'd read this in your blog. You were about 300 pounds, mm-hmm. give or take, and you started CrossFit, and you did it for two months, and then you took your measurements and there was no change in your measurements and you went home and cried. Right. And as you exited your car and you ran up the stairs to your house, you're crying and you're like, 
wait, did I just come from my car to my house? Yes. And, and without <laughs> without yeah. taking a uh, a donut break, like you couldn't believe it. Yeah. You're like, okay, well, cool, and that gets you over that hump of day of crying of right. sorrow. Right. You go back to the gym. You work out for another month, and at the three month mark, there was something that happened also. We re- retested the workout I'd done the first day. The the That's right. Yeah. You retest your workout from 90 days previously, and you did it in five minutes instead of 10 minutes. Right. You cut it in half. Yeah. And now you're like, okay, I can deal with this. This is like a huge, a huge piece. And then you went two years down that path. And then what clicked to finally say about to do the nutrition? Like, did your coach not say something no, to you? No, yeah, did nobody it? ever nobody ever said anything coach-wise. Um, I, I should insert that prior to CrossFit <coughs> for like a good 10 years, I had done really extreme diets, really like crazy things. I did a, a juice fast for 126 days in 2011. Wow. I did like the HCG drops. I did ephedra drops. I would do these things where... Was that fun, the ephedra drops? <laughs> what, 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 I'm not what sure, sure what that is. So there, it's like meth, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just it... it it gives you this massive burst of energy and you're, it's supposed to speed up your metabolism. But huh. I just kept, you're supposed to put like three drops. And by the time I stopped doing it, I was uh, taking like 40 drops three times oh, a day. Wow. <laughs> is, is, is that like, is that you like don't the... recommend that Hugh? Oh, uh, Kai's husband is sitting in the room. He's not Mike, but he's saying he does not recommending that as one of, if you're juice, juice fast before that. And juice fast was after that. <laughs> what, what was I know, but I mean, in your fast? ranking of, so I just, oh, I yeah. spent uh, four months in July of 2011, I was I started at like 290 pounds and for four months I only drank juice like fresh juice we went on a motorcycle trip for 10 days and I had my juicer in one of the saddlebags that's how committed I was to this juice fast and I lost 70 pounds and was like oh this is great you know this was a great head jump start now I'm just gonna eat clean whole foods and then bam six months later I gained it all back back. and how did you gain it back what what were you eating that's wrong anything okay like I Whenever I was either on plan and being super strict with myself, or I was off plan and eating anything. Would you eat a whole pizza? That seems to be the thing with people. I've, I've, I'm noticing, like Gary or this guy we had in here yesterday, like a whole pizza is just like. I, I could eat a lot. Yeah, yeah. and and when you go off plan, like it would start by just eating for me one bite of something that that wasn't on plan, and I've failed. You know, rather than realizing like I, I can now, we go out and I have a slice of pizza even though I didn't plan on it. Okay. You stop it once. Just get right yeah. back on track yeah, right after. Exactly. Yeah. It's not like a drug relapse like it used to be. So it was always like extreme, extreme. And then as the years went on, it got more and more and more mm-hmm. extreme. And so I'd reached this point before I started, right when I started CrossFit, where I was um, decided just to be satisfied with living at 300 pounds, a little over 300 pounds, as long as I just didn't keep getting fatter. Because every time I started a new mm-hmm. plan and lost weight, I came back heavier than I was before and it was starting to affect me really bad physically because I wasn't I wasn't an active obese person I was a very sedentary Mm. obese person and so things started to hurt I was I was going to a massage therapist who said get up every hour at your office and and walk around it's like it hurts to Mm. walk I mean my feet hurt my knees hurt my hips hurt the joints I'm not I'm not I'm not going to get up and walk every hour that's crazy so so once you reach a certain weight and movement starts to hurt it sounds like it's just uh, an avalanche of disaster. Now you have no motivation to move 
and it's just the problems just compounding on top of itself right it's like I, I can't move so i can't exercise and maybe i'll try another crazy diet you know i didn't i didn't want to do the diet thing again did you try the walking every hour did you ever give that a go not until after i'd been doing crossfit for a while gotcha <laughs> did you ever consider bariatric surgery I felt like it was the wrong decision for me because I knew that my problem wasn't knowing what was nutritious to eat. It was actually following through mm. with it. Do you see a place for bariatric surgery for anyone? Well, I'm I'm not a medical professional, but no, I'm, I'm actually really opposed to that. Yeah, me too. Um, and actually, there's, do you know about the... Uh, that thing that's even worse than bariatric surgery where they put a valve on your stomach? It's called a, a spire. Oh no! Oh and no! And you actually eat. It's FDA approved. Oh, and it comes. Oh, yeah. And then you like empty some of it into a bag after you eat. Oh man! Like yeah. I, re- I couldn't believe that was real when I read about that. I have someone like you're sitting in this room is is you know the product of what CrossFit really is. Um, uh, you're 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 forging elite health. You have gotten your life back. When I hear people say CrossFit is dangerous, and then I think of what you've done, I wa- I feel like it's such neglect and abuse and those people are like hurting society by even spreading that rumor because it's like saying that golf club that matt's holding is dangerous well yeah there's a dangerous (laughs) component to it but i mean it's 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 only dangerous if you're a fucking complete idiot and uh it's just it's just i I thought i was gonna have a million things to say to you and i'm just kind of stunned here (laughs) you know what i mean i cannot believe what you've done there's something there's a section in your blog where you talk about fighting with your clothes your pantyhose in a closet and i'm reading that and i'm kind of seeing like part abbott and costello skit you know or some (laughs) groucho mark silent film thing is that really true yeah it was horrible i i picture you like in the bottom of your closet you have a pair of pantyhose you're trying to get them on yep after 15 minutes you get them on i'm assuming you're in a pile of sweat at this point yes and then the pantyhose rip and you have to start over again? Yep, that is exactly what happened. And it was the day of my mother-in-law's memorial service. Oh, man. And that's the only reason I was putting stockings on because right. I had to dress up. And are you crying at that point? Bawling. Yeah. Oh, man. And th- this lady here in the left in the in the yellow shirt, is that her? Oh, no, that was two years. This is two years later. She was a lot happier than the one in the closet with pantyhose. <laughs> wow. Mm. When you met Hugh, how much did you weigh? Like 170. And and then how many years before you got to 300? Um, from that time, probably eight eight or 10 years. We got married after we'd known each other for three or four years. And does he put on the weight like you put on? No, no. He, he was within 20 pounds of the weight he was at the day I met him, one way or the other, our whole marriage. Is he is he pretty buff? He looks buff. He's yeah. got like veins and shit showing. He's like shaking some, his head, but some, he's in good shape. Some trap showing. And when you... When you start putting on this weight and he, you've been married for 10 years and you start putting on this weight, does he say anything to you? He never said anything about my weight. I mean, he was supportive whenever I would go. He, like, he would join me on these crazy diets or try to you know, juice one meal a day or whatever I was doing, he was willing to do it with me. And uh, at, in fact, at one point he told me, you don't have to lose weight for me. I love you. You know, oh. it's okay. So no, he was never, I mean, I'm sure he's happier now. <laughs> 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 from a health standpoint absolutely yeah um are you are, are you a happier person than you were 10 years ago oh yeah so so you basically you must be so proud of yourself that you've given him a new 
you only not only giving yourself a new person, but you've given this maid of yours a new person also. Yeah, well, and I try not to focus on, I have a lot of regret about the fact that, well, we raised all these kids, I was pretty sedentary. Uh-huh. You know, so he was the one who took them to do stuff, and I would, you know, stand and watch and take the pictures and, you know, go home and eat. You said you would ride on the motorcycle. Mm-hmm. So you would ride on the back of his motorcycle at 300 pounds? No, I have my own. Oh. <laughs> wow. What do you uh, ride? Uh, uh, yeah, it's a uh, 1600 road, Yamaha Roadstar. Wow. How long have you been riding motorcycles? Uh, six or seven years. So Now, when s- we were first together, I rode on the back of his bike. But um, after, when I didn't want to get on it when I weighed that much. I didn't want it to be on the back of his, and that's what kind of forced me to get my own. So uh, in your blog, you talk about um, you're, you're, you're tripping over your dog, basically, and falling down, that mm-hmm. you basically got so fat that your bounce and agility yeah. were just went to the shitter. Yeah. Were you falling down every day? Yeah, pretty much. And you still got on a motorcycle? Rarely. Oh, okay. Good. Good. <laughs> Good. Makes me feel better. We. I ride a motorcycle. I don't want you on the road falling over. Have you ever fallen on a motorcycle? I have. <laughs> I have. Oh. <laughs> I've always been like parked. That's actually. <laughs> right. I fell a few times parked. It's all. Well. It's always uh, standing still. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, Appreciate no that. Appreciate you asking the tough questions. That's what I'm here for. You're. You're 22 years old. Um, let's go back from there. Let's go. Um, to being very young. Were your parents overweight? No. And what happened? What what in your mind is the catalyst? What kind of bad behaviors as a child led to becoming obese? That's a really good question because I actually have... All my questions are really good questions. <laughs> I have um, seven sisters and three brothers. Wow. And I'm the oldest of all of them. And one of my sisters kind of has battled her weight, but the rest of them <coughs> are all like lean, fit, and healthy. So I'm not sure what in my my upbringing would have led me to have this relationship with food but I remember being you know 15 or 16 and like getting up in the middle of the night and sneaking food I would get up and you know cut off an inch of cheese and take it in my room and eat it or I'd I'd make popcorn and you know put lots of butter on it and hide and eat it and were you not allowed to do that like I wasn't allowed butter like when we went to the movies my mom wouldn't let me get butter on the popcorn oh yeah everything was was pretty rationed with that big of a family you couldn't just eat oh, as free for all that too oh, like okay. would you have Captain Crunch in your house no my mom had healthy food in the house yeah well what she thought was healthy right yeah right. like we, my mom was healthy too but we weren't allowed to eat avocados because they were fat <laughs> <laughs> she now knows the way um, so when did you first start standing out from the other people were like at 15 were you overweight actually at 15 well i now i know i wasn't overweight and i wish there'd been healthier information out there for a teenage girl i weighed 142 pounds and i was just at that kind of awkward you know baby fat looking 15 Mm -hmm. year old and my mom said you want me to take you to weight watchers just out of the blue yeah oh Mm -hmm. man the shit some parents (laughs) will say yeah and man so i go to weight watchers at 15 and there's these, you know, 45-year-old women that hate me the second I walk in because I'm not fat enough to be... pounds. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, and you with Weight Watchers, at least then, I've never been back, but you, like, step on the scale once a week and they tell you... I know, mean, that's you a way to play with your mind, though. You're 140 pounds and you're told that you should be here right. doing that. Oh, I know. That's like the... that's. I wish so much that the... Whatever, the leader of the group had said, you're beautiful. Go home. Right. Go yeah, play exactly. outside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a couple stories I want to tell. This is now the Sevon show. When I was in the seventh grade, I asked my mom, hey, mom, do you want to go swimming with me? We just put a swimming pool in our backyard. And she said, the pool's cold. And I said, no, it's not. And she goes, well, you just think that because you have an extra layer of fat on you. <laughs> and I have a very nice, loving mom who supports me through 
everything and anything but that fucking rocked me as a seventh grade boy everything's seventh making so grade. much more sense now <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i fully it, it like to this day it's sticking with me mm. you know it's like wow that like i i never even i never even knew that i listen to howard stern um whenever he has callers on he'll be like oh and he can't see them he'll be like how tall are you and she'll be like five five and he'll be like how much do you weigh and she'll be like 120 he's like oh i like skinny girls i like a more 110 i'm like five five 110 i'm listening to this fucking guy who i, who I, I really like him but he, i think he's out of his fucking mind and then yesterday i'm at dinner or two nights ago i'm at dinner and i hear um matt's wife say something about her weight being 162 and his wife has a banging body at 162 yeah, at really. five five <laughs> five seven yes she does oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like insane you know what i mean she has a tiny little waist and uh, some other good parts and i'm just like <laughs> <laughs> Lots of great parts. It's just it's just nuts, the misconception, right? Yeah. Um, As I remember, at one point, um, I had lost weight. This is pre-CrossFit. And uh, <coughs> my grandmother was like, oh, I don't think you need to lose any more weight. It's like, I'm 140 pounds. She's like, oh, my goodness, you do need to lose weight. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just this number in her head. Well, it's it's interesting, too, with the whole, like, the scale misconception. You know, you've said it a few times already when you stopped worrying about the scale and just what you could do performance-wise, that's when things really started going your way. And the same with Gary. I mean, Gary's been here for, what, two and a half months? And he's how many times has he stepped on a scale? Twice. Yeah. He's not that's allowed it. to. And he's addicted to the scale. And Tyson, who's managing his whole program, yeah. took the scale from him. And for me, the scale's become more of just like one of many data points that I use to measure exactly. where I'm at. It should be just a data point. You took your L1. We sent a camera crew. Wait, let me go back a second. How did we find you? How how does how does how does how did how did what's our relationship? So I saw you on Instagram and DM'd you, or yeah, I saw a uh, the podcast you did with Dr. Spears. Okay, and he had said something about being two hundred and something when he did his first um, wad. Okay, I was like, yeah, I was three hundred and nine. I sent you a DM and said that oh. Then, oh yeah, yeah. and then i got just went nuts yeah. and started dming you yeah <laughs> and, <laughs> and i'm I, like who is this what <laughs> and then I, and then i think i Blowing saw up the i DMs. think i saw this did you do social media to keep yourself accountable as i'm as i'm looking at your blog and i'm looking at my last fat summer i'm like oh she did this to put tell the whole world yeah hold me accountable is that yeah. what's going on and actually you said you looked at my my blog last night there are probably i mean i might make them public again there's probably a hundred more entries from before because i've kept that blog for a long time uh -huh. through all the different things that i did i kept it through the juice fasting and you know so you'd see it go down and then a year later i pop back up oh well i'm starting over again okay. mm. um but at one point in reading through that old stuff there was just so much negativity and so much wrong information because i was you know whatever i was pushing at the time i was like all the reasons why this is the thing to do and so at one point i just made those not visible because i didn't i had people contacting me still um because i i was on the dr oz show for the juice fasting and huh. they were asking me how can i juice fast and i was like no no you got to do crossfit not nice. no, don't juice maybe maybe you put all those back on your blog and you have a red stamp on them failed yeah it, it's really was, was dr oz a proponent of the juice fast no actually so i did the juice fast in 2011 and then after gaining all the weight back i was doing it again in 2013 and somebody on his staff saw either my blog or the YouTube videos and contacted me. And I was back up, you know, I was 300 pounds again. And they asked if I would come out and talk to him. And I was like, oh, well, give me two months and then I'll be done. Because I thought if I was motivated enough and right. could juice hard enough that I could lose 100 pounds in two months. 
And uh, she's like, no, the doctor's worried about you. The doctor is worried uh-huh. about you. <laughs> um, so I ended up flying out, and it was kind of a, a gotcha thing. I got When I walked into the, the studio, they had this big thing up. This is juicerexia. Oh. And it was like, oh. you know, they pull out this vat of, of juice, of liquid, colored liquid, and they're like, this is what you would drink if you drank nothing but juice for 126 days. Oh. But there were a couple things he said that did stick with me. One was when you go up and down all the time in your weight, you affect your heart, your heart's biggest muscle or, you know, one of the most important muscles in your body and you're damaging your heart if you're losing muscle. And I was like, wow, I'm, you know, 40. I don't want to, 42, whatever I was, I don't want to, I don't want to die of a heart attack. And then on the way home on the plane, uh, the couple sitting next to me had a daughter who was only 35 who had just had a serious heart attack from being Mm. obese. Wow. It was like, okay. So that's kind of where I started thinking about just maintaining. I'm no expert in nutrition. I'm surrounded by people who are experts in nutrition, and I think that they would all tell you that the big problem with juice fasting is the fructose, that yeah. it's really just juice Juice in general is you might as well drink a Coke. Right. You're taking it's all the fiber out. Taking right. the fiber yeah. out. Right. You're, yeah, it's, it's just going straight to but, the bloodstream. It's yeah. not. But man, I hate Dr. Huss now. <laughs> I never, I didn't <laughs> really it was, like it before. Was but. it not a supportive experience? It was, it was supportive. It, it just wasn't, I thought, well, I thought that he was going to give me some plan to follow uh-huh. that would fix me, you know, and I was still looking outside instead of inside for a fix. What did you think was going to happen when you came to the podcast? I don't want you going on Dr. Oz now next week. Like, oh, they really screwed me on that podcast. <laughs> well, it's funny because yesterday I said to you, I was like, well, at least we know it's not going to be like the juicerexia thing because they're not mean to people on the podcast. <laughs> right. No, we're, we're, not. That's we're well, not mean to people. We've been accused we're of being mean. Disrespectful. <laughs> um. I want to go back to the accountability thing, and then I want to talk about you taking your L1 and um, what exactly is the L1, because you probably know better than anyone alive. I really do think that. I think that a lot of people go to the L1 with such preconceived notions of either wanting to be a trainer or, or something like that, and they don't realize that what it really is. Right. Um, the accountability thing. When I, I want to dig into that, but like... Um, I expected someone a little more self-centered than you, a lot more self-centered than you, um, <laughs> because of your social media presence. You know what I mean? Like I, and and now I really see it is for the accountability. Was it conscious? Were you like, okay, I'm going to do this so that I feel obligated to people to lose the weight, or what was the? It. I think it just kept me um, honest with myself. And the more, I mean, there's there's so much, which I know we don't have time to go into all of that, but there's so much about CrossFit that's more than just exercise you know it's a lot more than just being active and eating right um and as those things started to like sink in and and i really began to believe in them and see them acting in my life um i wanted other people to realize that and i i want people to try crossfit who don't think they can like someone who found god they just can't stop talking about (laughs) this is the way you're gonna do the dan bailey thing now (laughs) are you you, carnal man is here is there a religious component to your journey um, well, not it's not necessarily. I mean, I'm religious. Hugh and I are Jehovah's Witnesses, but we're is, not. Is that like a you got to go every Sunday? We go Sundays you, and Wednesdays. Yes. Okay, okay, but it's not a. It doesn't have anything to do with my my fitness necessarily. Okay, because um, there was someone else in here. Uh, Bickle was in here yesterday. A guest we had, and he had uh, basically a, a born again moment um, three months ago. You know, being surrounded by all these positive people, being surrounded by all during his weight loss, mm-hmm. and then he was around. He was in basically around like fifty Christians, and they were all telling their story. And he had this enlightenment and this waking. And a lot of people who go through 
um, you know, giving up heroin or alcohol or whatever. They do it through a 12 step program that, you know, introduces them to a higher power, but you were already situated. You had, you had your thing. Were you, I'm going to want to push the accountability thing a little bit more like this picture right here in the middle, you have a, uh, obviously a very, very beautiful woman, um, the middle top one. And then you have this other woman who you wouldn't normally see put a picture on Instagram. You know what I mean? Like, did you, what was it to tell other people who were overweight? Hey, you can do this. Look at me. I did it and I'm not embarrassed and I'm giving my piece of myself. And it was like out of just complete benevolence or that, that picture. Yeah was on my Facebook page originally after I had just started doing CrossFit for a couple months. And I was, you know, every day posting, hey, I did it. Here's my wad for the day and here's what I did. And yeah, it was, I guess it was to keep me accountable. And actually it worked because at one point, um, end of, I guess it was towards the end of 2015, um, I was having to go to CrossFit alone. He was, it's something Hugh and I have done together like the whole time, but he was having um, he, foot surgery. And so I had a couple of months where I was going by myself and I, started going four days a week and then three days a week and then I'd missed a week and because was, you didn't have the accountability of your training partner yeah mm-hmm. and it was much nicer to stay in bed at four thirty in the morning next oh. to him than to get up and drive right. down to the gym um and I in an email to my sister um I mentioned oh I haven't been doing my workouts blah, blah, blah. and she like went off on me and said if you think it's okay if your family thinks it's okay for you to skip your workouts it's not you this is the one thing that you have stuck with for all this time do not give it up and if you don't get back to crossfit i'm calling you out on facebook in two days you have 48 hours wow your sister's hardcore yeah i like her when you lose 150 pounds do you go down a size in shoes also yeah oh no shit (laughs) no way really every well yeah my i think i was wearing like size 11s when i started and now i'm in like a nine and a half oh wow I, I was reading on your blog that you had plantar fasciitis, mm-hmm. and I never knew this before, but I, as soon as I saw that you had it, I thought, oh my God, there must be a connection to being obese and, and plantar fasciitis. And 70% of the people who are diagnosed with plantar fasciitis are obese. It was, so, it was really bad. It affected any, anything we went to where I had to be up on my feet. Yeah, like painful. my memories of my boys' weddings, all I remember is, hurt, oh. is being in pain. And th- that, I think I've had that once. That's when it feels like there's a nail in the bottom of your foot, yeah. like you're yeah. standing on a yeah. nail. Yeah, I've had, had the same thing. It's horrible. Yeah. Oh, and, and how, how many years did you have that? I had it for about s- seven years and three where it was really affecting me, where oh I, I just, I gosh. had to plan my days around it. And then, so you started losing weight and that started going away. Yep. When I lost about 50 pounds, it went away. Hmm. Oh my goodness. Wait, it just disappeared? It, and I think it also might have had something to do with, with eating clean because when I did just the fruit, veggies, lean meats, you know, what we're supposed to eat, I, uh it went away like in a period of a few days it went from full on to nothing Hmm. and i don't know if it was like Like hitting a number on a scale yeah exactly it's incredible what's the diet you follow are you zone are you paleo i would say zone um but i try not to like make crappy food fit into the zone so okay so zone paleo both exactly yeah okay so you take your l1 how did that happen why why sign up for the l1 so i've wanted to take it but i've been saying for years that i wanted to take it um when I could do a pull-up, a strict pull-up, and I'm so close. <laughs> but we watched the uh, that Kevin Ogar documentary, and when I saw the level of instruct, like what's required just to become an instructor for the L1, I wanted to absorb that education. And so for our, that was our anniversary gift to each other was taking the L1, and it did not disappoint. That's cool. 
I, I, I heard Coach say this before, and, and, and I believe it 100% that, like, as a parent, if you don't teach your kid how to s swim, that it's, like, crazy neglect. And it's a leading cause of death for children under the age of five in the United States, drowning. And um, once you teach them how to swim, you've inoculated them from drowning. And there's Greg with his beautiful poetic words, right? Um, the same thing is true with Dale One. It might not be as profound as swimming in terms of like immediately saving someone's life because, you know, drowning just goes out the door. But man, if you're a parent or you're a human being and you're lost and you don't know what the program is or the software is to run optimally your hardware, then go to the L1. Yeah. Totally. And even if you do know, go there and get the reminder. Is that an accurate description? Oh, it's absolutely. It was phenomenal. Um, I wish I had taken it. Not, not long after starting CrossFit. And, and in some ways, I'm kind of like taking apart now all my own my own lifts and said I'm going to go back to PVC on some of these until I have it <laughs> right. Nice. Because I've you know, reached a point where like I've kind of capped out at weights, but it's because I'm not doing them 100% correctly. And I know now from just being a little bit off, it, it's a, it matters. <laughs> it's, a pro it's work in progress forever. Right. You're saying that you wish you would have taken it right when you started CrossFit. So you can imagine in your mind a 300-pound Kai taking your L1. Well, maybe not when I first started. That would have been, that would have been really challenging, but maybe a, a year in. And then the nutritional information, I might have um, applied that sooner as well. And a year in, could you run a 400? No. Okay. So very early. Right. Once you can, once you can get out of your car comfortably and walk into the L1, you should mm -hmm. take it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, mean, I mean, I know this. I just want like the world to hear like from you it's like duh well when i was sitting there i'm i'm making the assumption that everybody else there is has an athletic background which i i didn't have at all prior to crossfit and i kind of felt almost like an imposter that you know here's all these fit people and you know they don't know who's who's here this obese person that used to live inside me um or live outside <laughs> me um but think i was thinking about the value that learning those movements would have to people who are obese and how much it could help them just in everyday life, even if they're not doing, you know, CrossFit five days a week. Right. How does the world treat you differently as you are now versus how it treated you five years ago? So Do there's it, there's two groups of people. There's those who never knew me obese. And um, I think, un unfortunately, I think you get an, a respect, an immediate respect, or maybe it's an immediate disrespect as an obese person that people just assume it's kind of a character issue. Um, people who've known me through the years are just super supportive and, and happy. And a lot of, you know, a lot of people who for two years or three years have been saying, oh, I could never do CrossFit are now saying, okay, show me what this is about. Rad. Do you feel those, those judgments or those feelings when you see someone who's who's overweight now? Oh, no. Oh, no. my gosh. I just, I want to tell them their life can be so much better and that what they're doing now is so much harder than what it takes to do this. Is that true? It is so true. That's powerful. Just my you, whole life was taken up with these constant thoughts of food and, and my weight. Like, it was always their, like, background noise of, What's my next meal going to be? Is it going to be on? Is it going to be on plan or not? Is today going to be the day that I finally start getting in shape? It was just this. It seems. It seems like that's the biggest like barrier to entry. I mean, for you, it's just from this conversation. What I'm pulling is, it wasn't so much that eating clean and working out was difficult, which it is. It's not. It's not easy. But convincing yourself that your preconceived ideas about what health is and being obese and what it takes to be that were wrong. 
Like that seems to be like the biggest yeah. hurdle. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I didn't think somebody, I really didn't think somebody my size could participate in CrossFit. Act, could act, that they could actually scale it to a level where it could be possible. Yeah. What flipped that switch for you? What changed that and got you into the door? So it was actually, this is a very sad story. <laughs> I was in um, the grocery store, like, and it was hard because my feet hurt so bad. I didn't usually go into the store, but I had, I was in and I'm like leaning on the grocery cart and I'm in the produce section and the, it bumped the bin that held peaches okay. and like a peach fell onto the ground mm-hmm. and I couldn't just get down on the ground and get it. But right. I looked up and there's this lady and she made eye contact with me. And she saw that I dropped the peach. She saw the situation. And I, like, I knew I had to get it. And right. so like, I had to mentally think about how I was going to get myself from standing down to the ground to get the... And I had to like lean against the peach bin and hold onto the cart oh, and man. like kneel down really slow, get on my hands and knees, put the peach up, and then pull myself like back oh, up. Man, yeah. How old were you? I was 42. <sighs> and and the, was she there? Like, oh, did she... God. She no, she'd walked away, okay. but it was like if she hadn't seen me, I probably I would have walked I away, mm-hmm. you know. And it was like this moment of realizing, is this what my is this what the next forty years of my life are like? Well, no, because you're getting worse, so you're going to be on a mobility cart, right? You know, I was thinking about Hugh and I going on vacation and me having to be one of the people riding the little cart around because I couldn't yep, couldn't those. walk, and uh, you know, so I'm like just filled with this self hate, mm. this loathing for where I was at physically. And I got in the car, and across the street, they were putting up the sign for CrossFit Fix. And I was like, maybe they can do something. Maybe maybe I should try. And I went home and told Hugh there's a CrossFit opening up. And uh, I don't think he had any hope in the world that that was actually going to be a turning point for me. But it definitely was. Well, and you thought it was a restaurant, right? I did. I thought I was like, hey, <laughs> your sign. Is that another restaurant? And, and, and he still hasn't said that. anything to you, your husband? No, no, he was always just super supportive. If he would have, would it have just crushed you? Were you just like a... Probably, yeah. Did your kids say anything to you? No. Did you you have a doctor you went to who said anything to you? The doctors are, you know, you're going to probably need medication, blah, blah, you know. (laughs) So when you first walked into CrossFit Fix, were you there just to check it out look around or were you prepared to start had you communicated with them? i had i had emailed them because okay. i wanted them to know like how big this person was that <laughs> that was coming in and then uh they said that they they read my blog which had a bunch of the old stuff up at the time before i came in and they had put together a, a play i went in f- not for classes i went in for personal training at first okay, gotcha. i didn't think i could do the classes okay um so you did you did the one-on-ones and you did them for a year no i did them for three months and then you and then you took your first class. Mm-hmm. Do you think that was necessary? Those no. one-on-ones. No. You could have just jumped into the oh, class. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that was just a, m- a mental hurdle, mm-hmm. which is fine. It was it was embarrassing to me to right. you know, but I'd kind of from doing the one-on-ones, I'd met some of the other athletes, and they were always you know way to go. So I kind of got past that. I don't belong. Well, I still didn't feel like I belonged with them, mm-hmm. but I knew that they were not going to be unkind. Do you feel like you belong now? <laughs> oh yeah. And how long did that take? Um, you know, even right away taking the classes, it's supportive from the moment one and and visiting another box. People are always really supportive. Um, since you've gone through this massive transformation, um, have you seen anyone else come into the gym who looks like you? Not even close. Wow. I would love to. Okay. But I'd probably, they'd probably have to like hold me back because I'd scare them away. Right. (laughs) (laughs) 
when you're th- when you're uh, I had a friend who was 300 pounds he was a giant man um, and he told me at night that um, when you weigh over 300 pounds you have to have a fan on you at all times oh yeah <laughs> because you'll overheat yeah and when I think of like the um, you're talking about the hardships and the constant chatter in your brain what am I going to eat next? Is this, am I always going to be fat and all that? Was it also those things too? Was it like, oh my God, I'm sweating again? Or how are oh, these yeah, clothes Oh yeah, the physical discomfort. Or, like, and try, like trying to find clothes that fit. There's not much. When you get that big, there's not, and it doesn't look that great in the first place. And having to go to a store, I mean, I was so grateful for online shopping. <laughs> online shopping. Um, but once in a while when I did have to go out and actually buy something, it was just, it was just a horrible experience. How about this herd mentality? 10 years ago or 15 years ago, or let's say even 20 years ago, I never saw anyone who weighed 300 pounds in California. And now every time I leave the house or I go to the grocery store, I see someone who weighs 300 pounds. And I remember as a kid them saying that it was coming, that the diet of, you know, 20, 30 years ago, the diet of America is right. so bad, so bad, so bad. Do you think that that was another problem, that you that you weren't alone, so you felt almost like an acceptance? Like there was like, okay. I'm in this restaurant. I'm sitting down. I scan the group. Oh, I see someone who's bigger than me. I see. Yeah, you know what? That's funny you brought brought that up because <clears throat> it always somehow felt a little better to see somebody bigger than you. Right. But that was getting um, more and more infre- more and more infrequent <laughs> because I, the I was, bigger you got. Yeah, the bigger I got, I was that one. You were setting the bar higher. <laughs> yeah. Do you think you were ever 400 pounds? No, but I probably was like 340. Yeah. Like there. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't even look like you. Yeah. I, w- right. I wouldn't have never. <laughs> Hugh, Hugh started to say something. Go ahead, Hugh. We'll translate. I, I, I don't ever remember her looking like that. That's just that's weird to me to see that picture. Um, Hugh's here in the room, and he, we're looking at this picture. For those of you who aren't watching this on video, and we're looking at a picture of Kai, and I'm guessing it's probably at one of her largest. And he's saying he, he doesn't even recognize her. He doesn't even remember that. I spent a lot of years at that, so it wasn't like I, you know, gained weight one year and then went off. I spent like at least five years this size. Wow. When you started losing weight, so, so you're 300 pounds, that means everywhere you go, you're carrying 150 pounds around, which means that you have some strength. Right. Did you, do you keep any of that strength as you lose weight? Like, are you really strong in any weird places? Like, are your legs and your glutes, do you have a good squat? Do you? Well, I did. I mean, I, I was strong. That was one of the things that was nice starting CrossFit was like, I could deadlift like 250 pounds on day one. Wow. You know? but, okay. And now I'm doing good if I can pull 200. Okay. <laughs> so I have lost some of the strength, but I, I'm okay with that. I know I do want to build it back up. So, and, and then, and then how about your lungs and your heart? Oh, yeah. So I had, I mean, there, there are heavy people, obese people even who are active and I wasn't one of them. I mean, I was so sedentary that just walking from my bedroom to my kitchen, I would be out of breath, you know, and, I, and our mailbox, you have to like go up a hill to get it. And I, I wouldn't do it unless I could like get out of the car at the top of the hill and walk down mm. to the house. Did you use the drive through at Starbucks? I drive through everywhere. Wow. Mm. Were you doing the stuff that, um, that Gary used to tell us that like you knew dinner was at five. So at four, you jump in your car and go get a meal before dinner. <laughs> I didn't do that, but mine was, um, I would eat late at night, you know, so I'd eat a normal dinner and then I'd have a drink and then I'm out slicing butter onto saltines at 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> Did you ever smoke cigarettes? No. Okay. So you had that going for you. Yeah. <laughs> what is the, what's the future hold for you? What do you see? Well, I want to get fitter. <laughs> you do? Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, Look at you there. Man. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, that's it's just like so crazy to see that other picture and then this. 
unreal. And you have great mobility. I mean, <laughs> look at your elbows. What are, what are some of your favorite movements? Um, there's not, well, my favorite ones are the ones, like the first time I went up into a handstand, I was so excited. That was just like six months ago. Oh, wow. And uh, any time I can do something, new box jumps, like for somebody who couldn't oh, yeah. jump, I like I physically couldn't jump. So like going from, you know, being able to jump onto the 45 pound plate and the first time I got a 20 inch and then 24 and now I'm like 29 and a half is my last PR. Right. I think. So, <laughs> so every time cool. you change, the world changes. Yeah. Your per- perception of yourself changes and the world changes. You see curbs now and you used to go around them right. and now you go over them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, those types of things. And, and you mentioned in your blog that your mind is unrecognizable to you now compared to what it used to be. What was so cluttered with like thoughts of food and, and diet. And I mean, it is a lot about nutrition, obviously, but it's, it's not about here you have to follow this strict plan and you can never deviate from it. You can live your life and you can have fun. Mm-hmm. Totally. And you can go back, you know, you can eat clean 90% of the time mm-hmm. or 95% of the time and enjoy your restaurants or, you know, parties or weddings or whatever. And that's what keeps it sustainable, right? Yeah. It, it's not like 100 days of a fast that you just can't keep sustainable. It's like you have to have that 10% of the time that's like, okay, I'm going to go out with some friends and ha- do this. Right. And when you're and not when feel you're, bad. When you're doing something like the fast that's so miserable, which eating just nutritionally sound food is not miserable. It's, right, it's exactly. Enjoyable. It's enjoyable. Um, and then you stop doing that and you know that that's what's in your future again or you think that's what's in your future again is this, you know, horrible fast or this mm-hmm. super mm-hmm. restrictive diet. Then you're like, I got to do- eat you all this hoard it all yep. in. <laughs> do you eat cheese now? Yes. Is there anything that you just is just off limits? No. Small portion of anything. Yeah. You're good with. If I want it. Yep. Wow. That's amazing. The same thing that attracted you to CrossFit was the, is the same thing that kind of kept you out of CrossFit. So I'm just going to sort of ask for some advice from you here. You saw these bodies of these beautiful men. You saw these bodies of these beautiful women. And you thought, man, wouldn't it be nice to have one of those? Wouldn't it be nice to move like that? And so that's what attracted you to it. Right. And then in the same instance, that's what also made you say, oh, next year. Right. I, I need to be able to run around the block at least once before I start on the journey. Yeah. What can we do? What What can people do? What can what What awareness can we bring to CrossFit that so we don't lose the beautiful bodies? So we don't we're not ashamed of them and hiding right. them, but that we don't that they don't push people away. Well, and I don't think any anybody's pushing them away like intentionally. I think right, it's just course. you know, athletic people find CrossFit and love it, and nobody else thinks that they, that it's for them. Um, right. one thing that was super helpful to me was that the, the 10, you know, the 10 physical things that we are, are measuring regularly, there was always an improvement once I realized that, you know, it took a few months, but when I realized, okay, well maybe my weight's not going down, but look how strong I am and look how much more I could lift than I could two months ago, or look how much faster I can do this, you know, Hey, I can strap myself into the rower. I don't need help anymore. Right. Right. You know, there were really small victories at first. Right. So you either improving your agility, your yeah. balance, your strength, your stamina, they were, all, so if, there was always some marker that was going up and no markers were backsliding. Right. And finding a new, finding benchmarks that matter for those folks. So, you know, where is your mobility? How, you know, can you tie your own shoe? Well, let's check again in three months and see if you can tie, you know, things that everyday things that they've given up because they don't think, they don't even realize they've given up until they look back and go, oh, I don't do that anymore. Just like one day you quit jumping rope and you never do it again and then you join CrossFit and you're supposed to skip rope again and you can't figure out the coordination. Right. Eric just had a picture up. You're wearing a blue shirt. Do you still own that shirt? 
I didn't see which one it was. Oh, the big, the big blue shirt. No, yeah. you know what? I was going to bring my old jeans, though. I forgot. Do you, do you, what, what, is your old wardrobe gone? Yes, except for one pair of giant jeans. <laughs> and that's just to remind you? Yeah. That's sort of just like a, uh, if you ever do a stand-up routine. <laughs> or if you ever get the Subway commercial. Well, if I can show somebody, these, these were tied on me. You know, mm-hmm. these didn't fit. Um, Subway Crazy. needs a new spokesperson <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't have any skeletons in your closet, i was gonna you? say i don't have anything like that to okay. worry about. so so if if you were to come in contact with someone who was in your similar shape when you first started crossfit what would you what would you tell them what, what more importantly what what goals would you set for them first because it seems like that's where you're going here it's like you know don't have your goal to be i mean it can be to look like the fittest people on earth they're they're beautiful they're gorgeous to look at right. but how do you, and I keep pointing back on barrier to entry, how do you lower that for people? What, what does I would, that look like? So I would do something really similar to what um, my coach did with me, which is let's, let's see where you're at today, mm-hmm. and then let's, let's move on from there. And maybe for each of those 10 physical um, attributes, okay, let's test. Here's how we're going to test your cardio. Here's how we're going to test your strength. Here's how we're going to test your accuracy or your balance. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to retest that again in a week or a month or you know two months. And when they can see, even if – the scale number is not changing or, you know, they're not running a 400. They can see that it's getting better. And for once realizing, because if you hadn't come, w- walked in the door, you would be going backwards. You'd be yeah, doing absolutely. less. Right. Yeah. And you just feel a So setting really, setting really small goals or just a lot of goals that you're tracking. Yes. Not even a, and a lot of metrics. have to be a, the metrics. That's right. it. Have a lot of different yes. metrics. That's yes. important like how quickly you ran a 100 or may, and even some notes. What, how did how was your breathing after right. you did that? Is it better than it was yesterday? Is it better than it was last week? Because you don't know if somebody's going to reach a goal because you don't know how you know how it's going to go exactly for them. So just to me, it was more more than saying I want to reach this strength. I want to see. I just want to be stronger than I was yesterday. Do you ever see someone that you haven't seen in two years and they don't recognize you? Oh yeah, that's fun. Uh. <laughs> and sometimes they don't know what to say. Like they don't want to say you've lost weight, but they're trying to figure out. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Um, tell me about that. Like, like, was it ever anyone that like was really you, like you didn't see your dad for two years, your mom for two years, and all of a sudden you see them and it's like, what the? Yeah, that's actually that. This summer I went and saw some of my sisters who I hadn't seen up in in Seattle area, and you know, t- it, it took them a minute to realize that it was me. Or they'd <laughs> say, you know, who's that? <laughs> Did they know that? Had you warned them? Hey. Uh, yeah, they they knew I was coming. I'm half the woman I used to be. No, but did they know? Well, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't necessarily tell him that I'd lost, that I'd lost that much weight. My dad actually was pretty happy when I saw him this summer. Man, it's incredible. Have you inspired anyone directly that you know of? I don't know for sure. I've got, I've got a, a good friend at work who loves CrossFit, and she and her whole family do it now. Nice. And she's she's losing weight too. When you came up with this title, My Last Fat Summer, did you have an Instagram account before that? Um, no, but my blog has been My Last Fat Summer for a long time. I, way back in the old days of like the AOL chat rooms, I, I used the, the handle My Last Fat Summer because I've been trying to have My Last yeah. Fat Summer for like 20 years. This one's sticking. Why the, why the underscores on your Instagram? Uh, because the other one was already taken. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I think we can get that fixed. <laughs> your, your, your blue check's on the way, too. Thank you. <laughs> I've been asking Matt to get me verified. I want to be cool for a year now. He told me, you know what he told me? Do you remember what you told me? Uh, it escapes me right now. You told me that I need <laughs> to take pictures with porn stars. 
And you need a Wikipedia page. Yeah. Maybe not in that order. You need a Facebook account. You need to take pictures with yeah. porn stars. You need a Wiki page. I have none of those. And then you're verified on Instagram. Well, or then he said he could get me verified. <laughs> it, would, it would validate myself as someone who deliver And give him some chat. blackmail as it well. It would significantly yeah. strengthen the argument. If there's one thing I could tell someone who's overweight, I would really want to emphasize to them that it's harder being overweight than it is taking the journey to losing weight. Yeah. Is that an accurate paraphrase of what you said? Yes, very much. Tell me about that. Like, I'm just having, like, it seems so gimmicky. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm a fat person, I'm like, ah, nah, nah. Well, and I think a lot of times, obese <coughs> people, we try to change everything in one day. You know, it's like you go on a diet and you start exercising and you give up, you know, whatever habit and you're, you're going to make all these changes and it's not sustainable. I couldn't have looked, I mean, if I had looked to what my days look like now and what like the activity level that I have now, I would have, I couldn't have done it at 300 pounds. I couldn't have even done it a hundred pounds ago. Um, so you can't look forward. Yeah. You just have to it's really gradual. go just one day and like some things that help me that might not necessarily help, um, everybody but i think a lot of obese people have some of the same habits you get into that um i'm going to start on monday you know so you start on monday and on wednesday you meet a piece of cheese and you're off plan and now you're going to start again on the following monday so you have four days where you're just blowing it so instead right. of looking at a week at a time i started looking at 10 days at a time and i would weigh myself every day and then but it didn't really it didn't matter what the weight was just at the end of the 10 days i would average it out and then the next set of 10 days i wanted the data point to be lower so like I was averaging a loss mm -hmm. in these 10 day blocks. And then same thing monthly. I would not try to set a goal that here's what I'm gonna do this month. I'd say, here's what I'm gonna do for the next 40 days. Mm -hmm. So that I got past that pattern of starting over at the beginning of the year or the beginning mm -hmm. of the week. Did you just find that to unlock your mind? Did you, or did someone? No, that was mine. You just came up with yes. that? And does every person have to come up with their own? Maybe. Yeah. And then um, I, committed to i've tracked my food for like every bite even if i'm way off the rails for food i tra i've tracked every bite for like almost 600 days now wow and e even when i go out to eat or even when i go to a party i, I estimate sometimes but mm -hmm. i still own it you, Do know? you use so, an app for that yeah i'd use my fitness pal okay so if you pig out at breakfast don't beat yourself up get right back on for lunch yeah just stay the course. Right. Just keep coming back to the well. Keep doing the right thing. Yeah, I, I think that's an important point because we've had nutrition challenges in our gym before. And I think the, the least you can do is at least weigh and measure your food. Right. Not exactly that you're eating the right amounts, but just that you're aware of what you're putting in your body. And it educates you on how much or how, how sadly little a tablespoon of yeah. peanut butter actually right, is, exactly. you know, it's yeah. like, exactly. yeah, I had a tablespoon of peanut butter and you actually had six servings. Yeah. <laughs> do you have a go-to food that you go to when you just want to eat like broccoli or carrots or arugula? I or do. Like, radishes. Radishes. Yes. Yeah. You did oh. blog about radishes. The rainbow radishes wow. are yeah. regular. You any, really do like everything. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. radishes are like super filling and almost no calories. And so if I'm, I, I say I'm going to need a high volume food day. So I'll do like radishes and tomatoes and just, tons of like dense veggies Yum. and get full and i'll do that also if i want to go out to a restaurant that night so that when i hit the restaurant i've you know not i'm not already spent my calories for the day are you a good cook yes i were, think go ahead now were you a good cook before you lost the weight yeah that was part of okay. the problem <laughs> yeah <laughs> cooking for five boys yeah oh, oh man yeah. yeah you worked out this morning 
Yes. Are you going to work out again with us? I am. Really? Yeah. What are we going to do? Up. Oh my goodness. Yeah. What are we going to do? I don't know. We just lifted this morning, so. We'll usually have tight. Yeah, you did the CrossFit total, yeah. right? I know. I was really impressed. Eric told me she had a choice between doing the total and something else, and she did the total. I was like, wow, I'd never do the total. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had done it for a bathroom. while. I think I, I think I lost about uh, 50 uh, points off my, or 50 pounds off my last total, but. Ah, you travel. It doesn't count. <laughs> um, I think that's a good first visit. Is there anything that you want to? I don't think so. All right. Any other, any other? You I'll get it. Info. You're getting it. Yeah. It's really cool. <laughs> I really yeah. I really want to encourage anyone who who hasn't seen your blog to look at your blog. Um we get many many unsolicited written pieces, many. And we get so many that we can't even go through them all. And Mike Warkington, the um managing editor of the CrossFit Journal looked at yours and he said, "Wow, this is really really good." That's a big compliment. And I read it twice. Um, the first time I just read it through, and the second time I read it through and took notes. And it was a, um, it's really cool. It's really funny, too. Um, <laughs> what you, said, you said the first time you saw the CrossFit fix popped up, you're like, ooh, a new restaurant. <laughs> it's just so real. <laughs> it's so real. It's yeah. like, yeah, that was rad. Um, I encourage everyone to go see your blog, to see your Instagram account, to share it with other people. Do you think it's offensive if, if I, you know, if I know someone who, to, to send them a link to your Instagram account if they're obese and be like, hey, check this out? No, that'd be great. I've had actually, I've had almost as many trainers contact me as I have had um, obese people since you ran my story. And they just, it's so foreign to the trainers. They're like, I don't even know where to start with this person. You like know, what, what kind what of scales? Can I tell them? What kind yeah. Of, interesting. Your whole life you've been eating with a fork. You're eating with a fork, you're eating with a fork, you learn to master the fork, you pick up rice with it, you eat salad with it, maybe you scratch your back with it, and you're just looking at this fork constantly all the time. And I feel like that's the CrossFit trainer. They've mastered the fork, they've mastered the fork, they master the fork, and they don't know that this tool that's the fork on the other end has an amazing bottle opener. And they're also the master of that bottle opener. And so you don't have to just use CrossFit to teach forging elite fitness. You can actually ta teach CrossFit to forging elite health. Right. You can save people's lives with the exact same mm -hmm. utensil. Utensil. Yeah, you have it. And, we, and, and it's great that trainers are doing that because that's like one of the primary purposes of our podcast is to change people's perception and awareness of what they're actually teaching. Like you, you don't have to change right. anything. You have to yeah. just be really good at scaling, which we already teach in the L1. And you have to be aware that you can't just be myopic and look at one end of the fork. Hey, man, you are the master of curing chronic disease. And, 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 and you know that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Should we go work out? Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. All right, cool. Hugh, do you want to say anything? Okay, good. <laughs> Actually, I got one question. Hugh, okay. what kind of bike do you ride? Stradliner. Yamaha. Okay. Oh, you're oh, Yam hey. so you're Yamaha. Why not Harley Davidson or Honda or? Well, we had. Oh, my bike to run. Oh, wow. <laughs> he said he wants his bike to Here's run. Here's my reason. We okay. had six kids and we wanted bikes for all of them okay. and we were able to buy bikes for everybody for what one harley would have cost us gotcha mm. and the yamaha is a great bike and they're low too right they yeah. make a low one yep and you still do you ride more than ever uh, we haven't ridden a lot this year we're due did you consider riding out here no not that would have been that would have been fun though yeah it's kind of cold though tyson does right. those long rides yeah yeah Crazy. all right thank you that was great <laughs> nice thank job you. good eric congratulations Easy? Yeah. Thank you so much. Sure.